ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Yeah, I'm just basking it in. Last night, Stanley Cup Game 7. Boston Bruins, St. Louis Blues. On this very program, on this very, very program. Yesterday, I had my uh, usual guest who uh, joins me once a week from the West Virginia Power, David Kahn. And he told me a lie. He said that the Boston Bruins were going to win the Stanley Cup. No, no, my friends, no, that is not the case. The Boston Bruins did not win the Stanley Cup. The St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup last night, and I had a glorious time watching it last night because it was fun. David was receiving texts all night long. He was watching the game while he was calling the West Virginia Powers action in Charleston. Guess what? Did not end well for Mr. Khan because I was, of course, making sure that he found out from me that the St. Louis Blues beat his beloved Boston Bruins. So I'm pretty excited about that. Now I go back to being a Rangers fan. But welcome into the drive for Thursday, June 13th. Glad you can be with me. We will open up the phone lines for you this hour. All you have to do is call 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255 if you want to be a part of the program. Of course, our phone lines every day brought to you by Miller Lite. That's right, Miller Lite. So you can join us on the phone lines brought to you by Miller Lite. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste only. 96 calories, the original light beer. So we'll turn our attention hopefully, to a Toronto NBA championship. But that's in the future. As it stands now, we've got the hockey game to get into. We'll, we'll talk about that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save that for later just because I've got some other things I want to get into. Uh, and we're going to talk about the coaching rankings that came out from the Sporting News. That's right. Sporting News has ranked all the coaches top to bottom. You want to know where your favorite coach is? Well, I've got the list, and I went through it. List came out, I believe, late yesterday, and this is something Sporting News likes to do because, again, here it is. We're um, we're in summer. What's going on right now? What do we got? We got the NHL wrapping up. We've got the NBA wrapping up. We've got baseball. Depending on where your team is, either you lost interest or you're all in. And the only thing we've got to look forward to is maybe camp. NFL, we've got the NBA draft that's coming up soon. We've got some things like that. We've got Women's World Cup Soccer. We'll talk a little bit about that, not an X's and O's story, but what it takes to actually send a team over. I kind of pulled this story because it made me think of something that Woody Woodrum would love to talk about. So we'll do it in his honor, and that'll be something we can talk about later. But Sporting News coming out with their college football 2019 coach rankings. Nick Saban's still number one, but the gap has closed. Dabo Sweeney is right there with him. So you pretty much know the top. You know the top, guys. How could you not? Dabo Sweeney's number two. Nick Saban is number one. I don't know if you flip those just because of recent events. Jimbo Fisher, third. Kirby Smart's fourth. Lincoln Riley is fifth. 
Chris Peterson is sixth. Brian Kelly comes in at seven. Uh, Dan Mullen from Florida is eight. Tom Herman from Texas, nine. Jim Harbaugh, Michigan, 10. David Shaw, Stanford's 11. Gary Patterson at TCU is 12. Mark D'Antonio, Michigan State, 13. Then you got James Franklin at 14. And I'm not going to read the entire top 25, but uh, Ed Oregon, LSU, 15. Outside looking in, and this ranking might improve. This ranking might drop. Just depends on what the Mountaineer season looks like. But Neil Brown getting the nod. He go he goes from 59th to 26th. 59th to 26th. So the Mountaineers have got to be feeling real good about Neil Brown right now, the potential they've got with him. Where does your favorite Conference USA coach rank? Well, that's what we're going to get into. So we'll go down the numbers. I'm going to break down basically the Conference USA coaches, and then we'll look at some of the names that are ahead and some of the names that are behind some of these Conference USA coaches, including Don Holliday. So we'll we'll do that. I will say this, unless I've missed someone, the highest-ranked coach in Conference USA is Bill Clark at 57. So we'll talk about Conference USA coaches. That's coming up. We'll get into that also. We'll talk a little bit more about this Game 7 last night wrapping up. I, again, I have fun. This was a blast to watch. And you know what? I keep telling people, hey, Game 7s are kind of special. you got to tune into a Game 7. If you don't watch anything, watch a Game 7 if one comes in front of you. And you know what? Even though St. Louis dominated that game, Good audience showed up. Good audience. They got a record audience, actually. So the game last night, the Blues beat the Bruins 4-1. And they win their first Stanley Cup. Never won it before. They've got the Cup now. And this is the 17th time that the Stanley Cup final has gone Game 7. So it hasn't gone to Game 7 all the time, but it's pretty special when it does. And NBC got a great audience. It was a record audience, actually. It was a 6-2 overnight rating for the game. That's not only a record for NBC, it's a record for any NHL game on any network, including Fox, ABC, and ESPN, since the overnight ratings were tracked, and they started those in 1994. The previous record for an overnight game, Blackhawks, Game 6 Stanley Cup game, they beat the Flyers. That drew a 584 overnight, and that was in 2010. So this is huge for NBC. St. Louis, how many people were watching? Well, they had an impressive 41.8 overnight rating. That's huge. And I love this. NBC, they dropped this one. They said that this is a higher overnight in the market for February's. I mean, this is higher. This is higher in the market than the Patriots-Rams Super Bowl. That drew a 39.8 rating in St. Louis. So they're saying, hey, hockey pulled in more than the Super Bowl in St. Louis. You got to keep in mind, though, that, um, well, St. Louis, um, not in a love relationship right now with those uh, with those Rams. The Rams abandoning St. Louis, so I can I can respect that. The local overnight in Boston was a thirty point two, which is the highest NHL overnight in that market since Game Six of the two thousand thirteen Stanley Cup Final between the Bruins and the Blackhawks. 
It was also down 20% from the 2011 Game 7 between the Bruins and the Canadians. So St. Louis representing more than Boston. Come on, I thought you were a sports town, Boston. I really thought you were a sports town. So the Stanley Cup decided last night. We'll get into that later on in the program. We'll also talk about this sporting news list. And again, before we get into this list, let me qualify it now just by saying this is one publication's opinion. One publication's opinion. This is not the gospel, but one publication's opinion to generate interest in this brand of Sports Illustrated or the, this part, you know, sporting news. So this is one poll, one ranking, sporting news to generate conversation about sporting news. And so we're going to oblige them and generate some conversation. We'll talk about the rankings when we continue. We'll get your phone calls in as well. It's all coming up on today's edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Since 2009, Counselors Clinical Cottage in Ashland has provided a wide range of mental and behavioral health services for adults and children, including medication-assisted treatment for opioid addiction. And now, Counselors Clinical Cottage has joined with OVP Health to provide even more services at a spacious new location at 2550 Carter Avenue. Licensed professional clinical counselor Jade Maddox explains what's new and what's staying the same. Staying the same is of our great staff. We have dedicated professionals that work at Counselor's Cottage and we're all coming. They've invited my entire team to join them, which includes the counselors, the physicians, social workers, alcohol and drug counselors, even our urine screen collectors. What's different will be that there's going to be more services offered. And chief among those additional services is a nurse practitioner who can quickly see patients for other medical issues. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call OVP Health at 606-329-0727. When should a man start screening for prostate cancer? HIMG urologist Dr. Stephen Willem says age 50, unless you have a family history or you're African American, then you should start at 45. He says recent confusion about the need for screening has created a danger. We're going to lose a generation of men because these men are being diagnosed later and later. What was early detection of prostate cancer, these men are now being diagnosed sometimes with metastatic disease. For more information, call 304-399-4650. Everyone has something that they do best. Banks are no exception. Ours is investing back into the local communities that we serve. We make loans to local families and businesses. These loans generate the dollars which empower our local community. Invest in our community by banking with us. We're an equal housing lender. Ohio Valley Bank. Community first. Member FDIC. Hey, this is Jerry from Frisch's Big Boy in Ironton. Did you know we now have a dollar menu? That's right. Dollar menu is good in drive-thru and carry-out only. So come join us at Frisch's Big Boy in Ironton, where every guest matters. Frisch's Big Boy Restaurant, 301 South 9th Street, Ironton. Our Kindred Communications family of stations reminds you of the need for blood donations to the Red Cross. Blood is always needed. It may save your life or the life of a loved one. This reminder is brought to you in part by... All American Party Rentals. Phone 740-479-0754 or visit the website allamericanpartyrentals.com. Huntington Tri-State Airport. It's so much more than a flight. Tristateairport.com. Two Waters Italian Mexican Restaurant located at the base of the bridge in Point Pleasant. Hey, there he is. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand or what? I'm having a stroke. 
Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. Are you okay? I'm having a stroke. Your face looks weird too. I'm having a stroke. Are you having a seizure or something? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. I'm having a stroke. You just need to know the sudden signs. Look for FAST, F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. Or S, speech difficulty. Then T, time. Time to call 911 immediately. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. Know the sudden signs. Face, arm, speech, time. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Thursday, June 13th edition of The Drive. Paul Swan, your host here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Glad you could be with us on this Thursday. We've got hockey to talk about, NBA. We're going to try to get to that, but uh, I want to talk about the sporting news rankings, college rankings of coaches, 2019. Now, again, this is subjective. Keep that in mind. This is a subjective poll or survey. This is something that isn't the gospel. It's just one publication's opinion. So if you're looking at this and you're thinking, all right, I agree with this, eh, good, this is this is the ranking for you. Or, no, I don't think that they got it right. You're welcome to do that as well. Uh, do not shoot the messenger on this, but we're going to talk about it. So, first of all, let's reset the stage for this. How does Sporting News rank these coaches? Well, this is what they said. They look at career accomplishments. They take into account what they've achieved in recent years. Then, when the rankings got kind of tight, for, okay, there's really no separation here. They pick the coach they take in a head-to-head matchup. So they're saying, look, it's not perfect. We're going to admit that right now. It's not perfect, but it's ours. We're going to go with it. And the Big Ten led the way with seven coaches in the top 25. The SEC was six. The Big 12 has five top 25 coaches. The Pac-12 had four, and the ACC had two. So that's how they regard the coaches in the power conferences. So – Let's go down the list a little bit. Um, Massachusetts head coach is uh, Walt Bell, and he's 130th. And you're looking for your first Conference USA coach. Well, here he is, Will Healy. Not rated last year, taking over Charlotte, 129th. So you've got your first sighting already of a Conference USA coach, and he is next to the bottom. So if you're Conference USA – And if you care about such things like this, and why wouldn't they? After all, we all like the good press. We all like the good image. You're sitting there going, okay, that's not good. Got one of our coaches next to the bottom already. So Charlotte's Will Healy sitting at 129 out of 30. And then you go down the list a little bit, and you see, hey, there's Mike Bloomgreen. Mike Bloomgreen. Rice. Ranked 127th last year, now 123rd. Hey, he's moving up. Okay. Oh, and hey, don't forget, there's uh, there's Dana Dimmel, UTEP. 128 last year, he's 124. So already you've got three Conference USA coaches 
right at the bottom, all competing for bottom spots. You can't feel good about that if you're Conference USA. And if you're a fan of those programs, you can't feel good about that as well. So you start looking down the list a little bit, and the next name that rings a bell for you is Tyson Helton, Western Kentucky. Not ranked last year. And this year's survey, he comes in at 118. So, all right, we have got near the bottom or close to the bottom already four Conference USA coaches. Man, this is almost a second-guess Tuesday. I'm almost writing this for Chuck. I'm just pointing that out. If it shows up on a second-guess Tuesday, I'm taking credit for it. I'm just putting that out there, Chuck. So we've got four coaches already in the lower echelon. And so we, we go down the list a little bit more. And we come to Frank Wilson, UTSA, 103rd last year. Well, now he's 108th. So not looking good there again. We go from 130 to 108, and already we have five Conference USA schools represented from 130 to 108. There are five in between those numbers. So we keep going down the list. And here, just throw a number out to you, 104. That's Chuck Martin from Miami of Ohio. And then we get to 103, and there's Bobby Wilder. Bobby Wilder, last year Old Dominion, had a ranking of 94, now 103. So dropping down a little bit. So he took a hit. And then let's look down the list a little bit more, see if there's any familiar names. And at 98, dropping from 91 to 98, there's Jay Hobson, Southern Miss. That's not good. So we're seeing a trend here. Some coaches are dropping. And we keep going down the list. Here's 97's Hawaii's coach. And um, let's see, uh, Chris Ash from Rutgers is 90, didn't have a good year. Uh, Skip Holtz. Louisiana Tech, he's 84th. He drops from 78th to 84th. So, and right after that is where you care. Doc Holliday coming in at 83rd. Last year he was 74th. This year, 83rd. And then right after that, a guy took a real big hit going from 43 to 82, Lane Kiffin. So, right there, 84, 83, and 82, you got. Skip Holtz, Doc Holliday, and Lane Kiffin. Now, what does this tell me? Because if the ratings got tight, again, Sporting News said in their not exact science that if it was a tight situation, they picked the coach, they'd taken a head-to-head matchup. So what this might tell me, without actually seeing their methodology and what the conversations were, is they would take Doc Holliday over Skip Holtz because – Holtz is 84th. Doc is 83rd. So if it was tight, they're saying, look, we're going to take Doc over Skip. But we're taking Lane over Doc. So that's what they're saying in these rankings, as far as I'm reading. That Lane, they're taking over Doc, and they're taking Skip over Jay Hobson at 98 and Bobby Wilder, but not Doc Holliday at 83. Okay, so that's where Doc at. Now let's look across the rest of this. Again, we're looking at Conference USA coaches only, and then I might throw in a coach or two, a name you know, just to, to keep it uh, in reference point. Um, Seth Littrell, North Texas, 
73rd last year. He is 77th now in their rankings. And then you've got Rick Stockstill, 93rd last year. So he jumps from 93rd to 74. And when you have success in Conference USA, your numbers go up. So he's 74th. And just kind of, again, just drop a couple of random schools. Like, here's Charlie Strong. He's a South Florida. He goes from 33rd to 71. So Charlie Strong, now at 71. Big drop from 33rd. And we go down the list some more, and we see, here's Luke, Luke Fickle, Cincinnati. I thought that would be a, a number you'd be interested in. 100th last year, 59th this year. So the Cincinnati coach is uh, moving up, going from 100 to 59. Butch Davis is next. He went from 67th on the survey last year to 58th from Florida International. Again, I can understand they've got some faith in Butch Davis. And then we go down the list. And, uh, again, some names that might be interesting to you. Frank Solich from Ohio, he's 57th. He goes from 48th to 57th. I like Frank. He's a good coach. Uh, I can't argue with uh, too many of the rankings there. Frank's a really solid coach. Uh, Dana Holgerson goes from 31st at Houston uh, to 56. And, of course, what I mean by that is he moves to Houston and he goes from 31st to 56. I don't know if part of that school, part of that is uh, last season, but uh, his, uh, his star is not as shiny as it was, but he seems to be happy in Houston. So let's go down the list a little bit more, and we see Boise State's represented at 52. Then we get to Bill Clark, UAB. Last year, 57th. This year, 46th. And if I haven't missed anyone, that's the highest that a Conference USA coach has gotten. And going down the list here, just to double check, I think that's it. So, Bill Clark, your highest rated Conference USA coach, if I've got my uh, math right here, at 46. Last year, he was 57th. Now, uh, just a couple of names of uh, note. Uh, Mark Stoops at 33rd. He moves up from 53rd. And, and we mentioned earlier, Neil Brown, head coach now of the Mountaineers, goes from 59th to 26th. So, how do you feel about those numbers? That's the question. Get your opinion on Twitter, at Paul Swan. At Paul Swan is where you can leave your opinion. How do you think of the Thundering Herd did. How do you feel? You think this list is on the numbers? You think this list is um, maybe not fair? Do you think Doc's a little bit better than what they're giving him credit for? Do you agree with uh, the rankings here? We'll talk about where these coaches are in relation to each other when we continue. And you can join us at 877-420-TALK, 877 8255. We got more on the way. It's the drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to the drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. If you missed any part of today's show or you want to go back and listen to a past episode, all you have to do is find us on Apple Podcasts, also on Stitcher Radio. Find us on Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast is where you can find us. Paul Swan, your host for this Thursday, June 13th edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM 
and AM 930. Now, last segment, if you didn't listen in, but we're going to recap it. That's why I bring it up. We ran down the Sporting News' rankings. They ranked their coaches all the way from 130 to number one. Now, no surprise, Nick Saban's number one, Debo Sweeney's number two. And Doc Holliday, he's in the 80s. He is bunched with three Conference USA coaches. He comes in at 83rd. Now, I thought we'd go back now and just look at these numbers once again. Conference USA coaches, where they are, and where the team finished. Not necessarily the coach, because again, uh, there's some changes here. So, Will Healy. Will Healy is at Charlotte now. And he is not ranked from last year, so he's 129th. He's in a situation, he's at Charlotte, he's got to take care of some business there, try to get them where they want to be. Because they don't want to be where they are. They were fourth in the East. Now, I know we have some ties, so what I have done is I have pulled up Conference USA standings, and I'm going to stack them from top to bottom in each division in order of listed finish. So, for example... When I say Marshall is tied for second, I will actually qualify that and say they are second. If I say, for example, Southern Miss tied for second, stacked on the list, they're fourth. And we'll go over the record as well. But we'll start with Charlotte. Charlotte, four and four, five and seven overall. They've got a coach here in a situation trying to improve that. Not ranked, unproven as far as coaching rankings here. So, 129th. All right, they've got some work to do. Then you got Dana Dimmel, UTEP. Now, where did UTEP finish last season? UTEP, bottom of the West. Now, they were tied with Rice, but I'm going to give Rice the nod here. One, because UTEP and Rice had an identical 1-7 conference record, but Rice won two games. UTEP one only one. They were one and eleven. So you look in at UTEP's situation, they go from one twenty eight to one twenty four. They can't fall much further. Really, the only reason why UTEP is probably not representing the bottom is because San Jose State is sitting there at one twenty eight and everyone else that is below Dana Demel, they weren't ranked last year. So they're not getting much of a nod. So if you're UTEP right now, you got to feel real good about yourself. And then we got Mike Bloomgren from Rice. I'm sure these were tight numbers. So, again, using the methodology of Sporting News, they're saying, look, if it came down to UTEP or Rice, we're taking Rice on game day. We're taking at least Mike Bloomgren over Dana Dimmel. Okay, that's a fair situation. And then Tyson Helton, where did Western Kentucky finish? Well, they were 2-6 and six in conference, 3-9 and nine overall. So they finish pretty poorly, seventh in the East. Tyson Helton getting a little bit more of a nod, not ranked last year. So he ends up 118th on this list. And then we go down and then we go to UTSA, fifth in the West is where they finished. Two and six record, three and nine overall. So you can see where that ranking would come through. 103rd last year, Frank Wilson now 108th. And now, again, we get closer to the teams and schools that uh, matter a little bit more to you. Bobby Wilder, Old Dominion. What did Old Dominion do? Well, Old Dominion was 2-6 and six conference, 4-8 and eight overall. I tell you, best 4-8 and eight team in America, right? 
They beat Virginia Tech. They beat North Texas. Uh, they beat VMI. And uh, they beat Western Kentucky. So, again, the best 4-8 and eight team in America, maybe? Uh, well, you beat Virginia Tech. That's, that is saying something. But Bobby Walter, last year this team, at least his, his, his coaching, was ranked 94th, 103rd now. They finished 6th in the East, 2-6 and six conference record. Uh, Western Kentucky is uh, the only team that uh, fared worst in the East Division. And Jay Hobson, Southern Miss. Last year he was uh, hit with a 91 ranking, and he drops to 98th. Where did Southern Miss finish? Well, Southern Miss, 5-3 and three in Conference USA, 6-5 and five overall. They were technically tied for second, but as they stack them, 4th. Uh, because, again, 6-5 and five overall record, 5-3 and three in Conference Louisiana Tech and North Texas and UAB had better conference. Well, not better conference other than UAB, but better overall records. And then we get to um, the three that are grouped together. Louisiana Tech at 5-3, and 8-5 and five overall. So Louisiana Tech with Skip Holt sitting at 84. Skip drops from 78th. Tied for the second place in the East. Also, Doc Holliday tied for second in the East. I'm sorry. Uh, Skip Holt was tied for the West. Let me correct that there. Uh, tied for second in the West. And Doc Holliday tied for second in the East. So technically, you look at where Louisiana Tech stacked up, they're third. Tied for second, but 8-5 and five record. North Texas with a 9-4 and four record. We give the nod to North Texas. And then Marshall, we know where Marshall finished, but if you don't, I'll remind you. 9-4 and four overall, 6-2 and two in conference play. And they were tied with FIU conference record-wise, but they get the nod, and they are second place in Conference USA. And that gets Doc Holliday 83rd, dropping from 74th. Now, Lane Kiffin, Florida Atlantic, 3-5, and 5-7th and overall, and that is 5th in the East Division. So 5-7 and 3-5, and and not a good year for Florida Atlantic. And here's Lane Kiffin. Drops from 43rd to 82. So I guess it came down to if you're going to take a coach in a game, you're going to put your chips on Lane Kiffin if you're the at least the sporting news writers. This could have been tight. This could have been one of those where, okay, if we're going to go overall, we're going to take Lane. Lane's had a bad year, but Lane's our guy. That's maybe some of the thinking going in. Again, I'm, I'm completely speculating, but... What this tells me is a record does matter a little bit, but you've got Doc Holliday, who's six and two in Conference USA, nine and four overall, nine and four overall, and you rank him eighty third. Do you think that's a fair ranking? Do you think he is better than Lane Kiffin? Do you think that he is better than some of the other coaches that are ahead of him? Like, for example, Seth Littrell, North Texas, seventy third. They finished second in the West. Rick Stock still jumps from 93rd to 74th, first in the East, and he gets a higher nod here. Again, Middle Tennessee getting to the East Championship uh, side of things. That's not uh, that's not shabby. And then FIU tied with Marshall 6-2, and two, also a 9-4 and four record. I'm going to give the nod to Marshall because why not? And Butch Davis uh, drops from 67th. Well, it moves up, actually. Let me rephrase that. He goes from 67th to 58th. So, Rick Stock still and Butch Davis. 
getting the nods over Doc Holliday. And Marshall finished right there with both of them. Marshall was um, on the wrong end of Middle Tennessee, and FIU is right there with them record-wise. So I guess what they're trying to tell me here is they would take, on a given day, all things being the same here, they're going to take Butch and they're going to take Rick over Doc. That's their number, at least. And then Bill Clark, you take his coaching at 57 last year, 46 now, and going 7-1, 11-3 overall. And, oh, by the way, uh, winning that um, Conference USA Championship game doesn't hurt. Even though the game was in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, UAB goes in, takes care of business, and gets the win. So Bill Clark goes from 57 to 46. He's got to be feeling pretty good about it, what he's been able to do. I would think you could um, you could say that he uh, definitely earned his ranking. But that's where they're at as far as rankings concerned. Where do you think that Marshall really is? Or where do you think Doc is? This is more of – I don't think this is a – we're ranking the teams. This is – we're ranking coaches. We're ranking coaches and what they're able to do, what they've accomplished. And you look at Marshall. What did Marshall do? Well, Marshall was contending. And then you look at what Marshall has done in the postseason. Marshall has won bowl game after bowl game after bowl game after bowl game. Right? What does that mean in the overall scheme of things? Does that does that solidify his um, his ranking in this range? Does that give him a little bit of, a, okay, you know, we're going to give him the nod a little bit. We think Lane's a better coach, but we're going to, you know, but not by much. Uh, we think Bill's a better coach, Bill Clark, because won the Conference USA Championship. We're going to give him the, you know, the honor, the distinction. North Texas, we think, is better. You know, Rick Stockstill, Butch Davis, you know. Where does Doc, in your mind, rank with all of these coaches? Now, again, they look at accomplishments of coaches. So you got to be fair. Let's look at Don Holliday's accomplishments. At Marshall, last season, 9-4 and four and 6-2. and two. The year before that, 2017, 8-5 and 4-4. And then you look at 2016, 3-9 and 2-6. And uh, we're going to forget that one. And then 2015, 10-3, and 6-2. 2014 and 2013, probably the better years for Doc because 13-1 and one in 2014 with a 7-1 conference record. 2013, 10-4 with a 7-1 conference record. First in the East both those years. Won the conference championship in 2014. And they've slipped a little bit since. Slipped to six and two, then two and six, and then four and four, back to six and two. Doc's overall record dropping to three and nine in 2016, worked it back up, eight and five in 2017, nine and four. And here's the other stat that a lot of people point to. This is a big stat for some. This is huge for a lot of people. Beefo Brady's Bowl. Marshall's a winner. Military Bowl. Marshall's a winner. Boca Raton, Marshall's a winner. St. Petersburg, Marshall's a winner. New Mexico, Marshall's a winner. Gasparilla, Marshall's a winner. 
Doc Holliday hasn't lost a bowl game as a head coach of the Marshall Thundering Herd. And that's a big stat right there. I don't know if you take that stat and that weighs heavy with these rankings, but again, these are subjective rankings. I mean, I could make this list up, and maybe it's going to be different. You know, maybe I, I give Doc the edge over Lane. Maybe I do. Maybe I give him the edge. Maybe I don't. Maybe I rank Rick Stock still a little lower. Maybe I rank him a little higher. Maybe I think that uh, North Texas, I'm, I'm not sold Seth Littrell. I'm not sold. I rank him a little lower. Butch Davis, 67 to 58, so he's earning his keep. And, of course, you got a guy who I actually think is – that's a pretty good ranking for him, Bill Clark, at UAB, 57 to 46. I think that's a fair ranking. I do like his his ranking. Of course, none of this stuff means anything. At the grand scheme of things, none of this stuff means anything because I understand if you're a Herd fan, you're like, whoa, whoa. And this is fuel for you. If you are a Doc Holiday hater, this is right now fodder for you. It's fuel. Because you're sitting here, you're like, yeah, see, we told you. Look, Doc Holliday, Doc Holliday, he is 83rd. We are Marshall. We should have a better coach than 83rd. Okay, I get it. I completely get it. You want Marshall to be as good as anything, and I get that completely. But then you look at, okay, what's uh, what's Doc doing? Well, Doc finished tied second in the East. He has been tied second in the East twice. Actually, three times. My apology. Three times. See, so tied second in the East three times, won the East twice, won the conference championship one time, and then that thing that everyone loves, bowls, he has won six of them. He's played, or coached, to be fair, sorry. He's coached. Marshall's played in six bowl games under Doc Holliday, and Marshall has won six bowl games. Now his record, he is 70 and 46. He's 45 and 27 in conference. And I get it. Somebody says, look, Doc Holliday is right now the 83rd best coach in the in the country. Out of 130, he is the 83rd best coach. Marshall's got to do better. Well, he was pretty high when they uh, when they were winning the East Division. I think part of the problem here is Conference USA has got to get better across the board. To be fair, Conference USA has got to get better across the board. Because you look at some of the coaches that are in the bottom of this thing. Again, we're talking Charlotte. We're talking UTEP. We're talking Rice. Western Kentucky. I mean, Western Kentucky. Didn't see that coming. UTSA. I mean, these are, these are all teams that are from 108 to 130, five coaches in the bottom, bottom half of this thing. So interesting list, to say the least. It's, it's fun to talk about. It's fun to speculate, okay, why does this coach rate over this coach? And you know what? Doc's won his bowls. And I'm probably going to take straight up, if it's all things being even, I'm probably going to be taking Doc over most of these Conference USA coaches, straight up, straight up, Lane Kiffin included. I'll 
I'll take Doc over Lane straight up. You can put that on a poster. Put that up over on the athletic building. You know what? Print that off and put that at Florida Atlantic's athletic building. Paul Swan said he'll take Doc Holliday straight up over Lane Kiffin. We'll wrap this one up when we continue. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan, the 2019 West Virginia Broadcasters Association Best Talk Show on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Keeping some promises I made earlier, brief overview of what happened last night. The Boston Bruins go down in flames. The Blues win Game 7. They capture their first Stanley Cup. You know, the Blues... um, have a 6-7 postseason record at home and became the first team since the NHL took ownership of the Stanley Cup in 1927 to win the trophy with a losing home playoff record. That is crazy. So congratulations to the St. Louis Blues. And by the way, my arch enemy and nemesis from the West Virginia Power, David Kahn. Sorry about your luck, buddy. Um, can't wait till next week when we have you on the program. And, of course, uh, we got a big one coming up. 53 years of NBA history in Oakland coming to a close from 1966 to 2019. That's right. It's a long span. The Warriors have called Oracle Arena home. So this is it. Do they go out in Oracle Arena a loser? Or will it be your first NBA championship going to Toronto and the Great White North? That is coming up tonight. On our sister station, Cat Sports, 93.3 and 1340. All right, I mentioned uh, we're going to talk a little women's soccer briefly. Not the shellacking that they are dishing out to foes right and left. No. Uh, I thought this was interesting. I'm, I'm going to leave this on Woody Woodrum's desk, so I'm not going to read it all. But, you know, they're, um, they're on a long road trip pretty much. They're in France. World Cup, France. Here's what they have to take. They got to take 400 jerseys. They had to take 120 play- pairs of cleats, 60 soccer balls, uh, two heat presses. They print jerseys on site, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. One vinyl cutter, and they can produce jerseys for any name in the world in five minutes, they said. They said 12 large bottles of shampoo, 12 large bottles of conditioner, 20 large bottles of body wash. Um, 12 five-pound boxes of flavored gum. They go through five packs a game. Wow. Uh, Seven massage tables. That's what they've taken with them. Um, That's huge. Massage tables, you got to get everything you need with you. 48 women's parka jackets, 24 men's parka jackets, and, of course, the most important thing, the American flag. Hung up in the locker room before every game. Here's a story on the flag. It was presented to them by four World War II veterans from the cemetery in Normandy in France back in January. They wanted something special to carry on the journey, they said. They were fortunate to meet these four incredible veterans, they said uh, in the story. And they walked through the cemetery with them, and they were hearing the stories. And so the flag came down at 4 p.m., and the veterans presented it to the team. So it's pretty pretty special to them. They've got a, a piece of America it was flying over an American piece of land in France, and it's been traveling with them. 
I thought that was really cool. That uh, That's the flag that they're taking with them, hanging up in the locker room. And so as they're destroying fools right and left, I want to see run it up. I am all on that train. I If I get 13-0, 10-0, I'm not saying nil. If I see that, I'm all in. Score at will. That would make it fun for me. That would make soccer enjoyable. And oh, by the way, let's pay the women as much as the men, if not more. I'm on that train, by the way. You know why? Because they win, and they deserve it. They deserve equal pay for equal, if not better, work. And I'm sorry, guys. Um, I think the women's team is a lot more popular than the men's team. To be honest with you, I'm not saying they're going to be selling out stadiums right and left, but um, I'm more interested to watch their matches than I am the guys right now. And that's going to do it for this edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington. This is your radio home for Pittsburgh Pirates baseball. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.